The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, what do you think you can't do? Is it true that you can't? How often do we pretend we can do something we can't? Why do we do that? (laughs) On the other hand, how often do we tell ourselves we can't do something we can? Like for me, it can be to avoid making the effort. Let George do it. He'll do it better. (laughs) Just think about it. Make a list of all the things you think you can't do. Learn a computer program. Leave a bad relationship. Get more exercise. Stand up to a bully, fix a toilet, comfort a friend, or face something about you or your life. Now consider each item. Where did you get the idea that you can't do it? Was it true in the past that you couldn't? Is it still true? Or is it that you don't want to risk failure or ridicule? Or you're faking dependence to puff up someone else or to make yourself feel loved? Or you could do it, but you're just scared. Or whatever. If you can't do something, don't stress over it and love yourself anyway. But if you might be able to do something, love yourself enough to try. Let's talk about our can'ts. Call in to ask Beth to help you turn your can't into a can. And join our post-show forum when you can. And now, here's Beth from the Inside Out. Hi there, everybody. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to the show. I want to look at myself And I hope that you guys call in today because I think it's going to be way more fun if people call in and talk about the things that they think they can do that they can't, the things that they think they can't do but that they can, and let me help you. Those of you who are, uh, you know, listeners, regular listeners know that when people call in, I do the best that I can to use my intuition to help guide them to a more honest or deep response than maybe the one that they have in their head about what's going on with them. So I invite you to call. Uh, James, would you give us that number? Sure. You can call us at one 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or email us at beth at bethgreen.org. You know, honestly, I don't want you to email me. I want you to call. And you know why? Because, and don't say I can't, I can't. Well, I mean, that's the first (laughs) can and can't that we should look at. Is it really true that you can't listen live to Inside Out? Now, I admit that if you are listening right now to a podcast, you can't call me today. (laughs) That's true. See, there are some things. For instance, uh, that example of can't fix a toilet, that probably would be me. (laughs) But uh, a lot of people actually could listen live and can pick up the phone and call. Oh, my God, we already have a caller. And the reason that I say that is when you call, I can talk to you and we can probe and we can get deeper into you than if you just 
send me an email and I've got these words on a piece of paper and I say, oh, what am I supposed to say about that? This way I can act or interact with you and I can help you to get down to the bottom of things. So let's get going. And uh, since we already have a caller, let's talk to her while we can. Okay. <laughs> Helen. Hi. Hi, Helen. I just had, I have something that I really want some insight about, which is I can't relax if I don't know the outcome. Ooh, I am that. <laughs> I know. Can <laughs> too. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I bet so many people have this. I believe that that is the case. Okay. Well, let's see what we can do if we can. Let's see if we can crack this case or if we can get a little bit deeper into it. So, okay, now this is what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you, is it always true that you can't? Okay, so there's the first clue. That means that it isn't like there's a global thing that says Helen from California can't live without knowing the outcome. It's relaxed. Right? Huh? Can't relax without knowing the outcome. Can't relax. Can't relax. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. Everybody, you can always correct me when I misstate things on the air. You can do that. And I will let you. Okay. So what I'd like you to do first, (laughs) (laughs) Helen, is I want you to go inside and give me an example where you can relax. Because as soon as we know why, in what circumstances you can relax, that's going to help us to understand what is it that makes other situations unrelaxable. Well, okay. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm pretty relaxed about not knowing when my husband will die. <laughs> He's in good health now. He's <laughs> almost 68. I'm hoping he'll live for 30 more years, but I'm pretty relaxed about that, maybe because I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. That's right. So it isn't that you can't relax when you don't know the outcome. It's you can't relax when you think the outcome is going to be negative. Well, him dying is going to be negative someday. No, but no, 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 no. You don't expect that outcome. What I mean is, maybe I didn't say that clearly enough. When the expected outcome is negative. Now, if you were, you know, if he was older and sick, then you wouldn't be relaxed anymore. But right, right now, you're walking around feeling like, it's, this is okay, he's not going to die. Right, so expecting him it, to live a long time. Exactly. So it isn't that you can't relax because you don't know the outcome. It's that you can, in this case, you can relax because the outcome that you are expecting is something positive. Yes, that's, that's true, too. I mean, so, like, we're trying yes. to buy a house right now. Yes. If I knew that we were going to get that house and that our house was going to sell in time, I wouldn't care if that was a year from now. Yes. I wouldn't care when it is. Right. But I would know there's a positive outcome. Exactly. Now, or supposing you didn't get that house, but you got an even better house. Well, sure. That would even, I wouldn't mind at all. Right, exactly. But if you don't get that house, meaning I assume if they don't accept your offer, 
Um, I, you have made an offer on this house and they haven't accepted it yet? Correct. Okay, right. So here's what happens in your unconscious mind. Uh, I must have that house. I'm making this offer. I really don't think I'm going to get it. Or if I, and if I don't get it, I'm going to have uh, a lousy life. I'm going to get a, a piece a of luck. I'm going to move into the homeless shelter uh, or, you know, something really awful. Uh, and you, some people, you know, a homeless shelter is actually something to greatly to be desired because, you know, that's home so that there is some shelter there for them. So it depends on whatever your standard is or whatever you're looking for. So what, you, what you're realizing about yourself, Helen, is that, A, you want a certain outcome and, and what, the relaxation is really about I can't relax until I know that the outcome is going to be what I want. And the second piece, which is pretty obvious, examining that is, I have no faith in the universe that if I don't get the outcome that I want, that it's going to be at all good. It, it, it's going to obviously be some disaster. So that's your answer. It, it's not that you can't relax when you don't know the outcome. It's that you actually have a belief in the negative outcome. Yep. <laughs> and, and oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> uh, I guess I am that. Yeah, and I would say that... Um, you know, we can spend a few more minutes on this. We do have another caller, but uh, let's talk about this for a few more minutes because there's a lot of us who fall into this category, uh, don't you think? Um, I would say that you should take a look at what was it that happened in your life that you didn't expect that was so bad or so much worse that you had, had ever expected that you have like a permanent scar inside that says you can't relax something terrible is going to happen well I think it's when my mother kept reassuring me that my parents would never get divorced it would never happen yes even though I had a I had a feeling it would yes he kept telling me that it wouldn't and then it did and she tried to kill herself and she was depressed and you know, gone, and I don't know, just all, all, you know, they were divorced after that, and it wasn't happy. No, it, it certainly wasn't. I, I can certainly have compassion for you in that situation, and I bet a lot of our listeners went through something almost identical, where they were told something bad, quote, bad, wasn't going to happen. Now, mm-hmm. I, I uh, can't... This shot isn't going to hurt. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Uh, let's not even talk about that. The doctor said this thing uh, that oh, yeah. surgery was not going to hurt. And, of course, I have the body from hell. Not really. I love my body, but still, it's very reactive. <laughs> and uh, I haven't noticed that yet, that it isn't hurting. But, okay, so now let's take a deeper look at that. And I bet everybody kind of get your thoughts together. Um, think about this. If... Someone had told you, this is what's going to happen, and this is why that's going to be okay. How do you think you would have felt? Completely different. Yes. 
So now looking at this, what we're realizing is that it isn't so much the divorce itself and the unknown outcome. It was the fact that you weren't prepared to understand and accept that outcome. So it isn't that a terrible thing, having something terrible or really painful or shocking happens to us that necessarily makes us so anxious forever. But it can just be the fact that that happened without preparation. And in fact, in your case, the opposite was the case. You were being prepared for a glorious future together instead of for the reality. So it's not the fear of reality. It's the fear of not being prepared to deal with reality. Yes, that's exactly right. When you were saying earlier that I don't have faith in the universe that if what I, well, let me see if I can say it in the pod, that, that if what I want doesn't happen, yes. that it still could turn out perhaps even better. Yes. But it's, yes. It's, it's that I don't think I can handle. That's right. It. That's right. That's right. And it's very possible that your parents getting a divorce was the best thing they ever did for themselves, each other, and the family. Mm-hmm. But your mother obviously dreaded it, or she would not have been pretending that it was never going to happen. So not only didn't she prepare you for it, but she gave you the feeling and uh, transmitted to you the energy of dread around it. So if you're looking at this house situation, and you're picking up these feelings of dread from yourself, then... Of course, uh, you're not going to be able to relax because you're dreading what's happening. Uh, Instead of saying to yourself, and I know this isn't easy, but you can do it. I know that I can handle this. Um, Whatever it's going to be, I think that I'm going to find some value in it because that's the kind of person I am. And you start to reprogram yourself to feel differently about what might happen Including the possibility that somebody is going to die. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for calling, Helen. Thank I'd you. like that was really really helpful. Oh, uh, wonderful, wonderful, and I hope that this helped the rest of our audience as well. We have a couple of minutes before our station break, so let's talk to Amy from San Diego. Hello, Amy. Yeah, Beth, can you hear me? I can. Oh, good. Um, well, I was thinking about a couple of things. One I thought was um, important, but well, I'll just say this: that um, one I think I, things I think I cannot do is break my addiction to sugar and shopping. Mm, SNS. And, and I was looking at that. And I thought, well, maybe that's just because I don't want to. Is it as simple as that? No. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me put on my Swami Bethananda cap and see if I can help you, uh, you know, in the next couple of minutes. And if we need to take a commercial break, don't go away. Uh, sure. if, if, if I'm not finished before the break, uh, just, you know, hang in there and we'll sure. see what we can do. So, okay. a- Amy, we're going to do something that just turns the tables here. I, it was very good that you asked me, is that all there is to it? And the answer was no. I would like you to ask me another question. Uh, make it a yes or no question, and let's see what Swami Bethananda will have to say. Um, but she can only say yes or no. 
Oh, gosh, nothing's coming to me. Well, the first question that came to me is, which addiction should I look at? Should I look at sugar? Should I look at shopping? Okay, well, I think I know what the answer to that is, but... Okay, what is it? What's that? Uh, Sugar. Yes, yes. So, okay, just the threat of Swami Bethananda was enough to get the truth right out of (laughs) you. Oh, yeah, the threat, yeah. The threat. Okay, so Amy, ask me, uh, do I want to break this addiction? Do I want to break this addiction? Yes, you do. Mm. Uh, You got more than one word. You got, yes, you do. That's three words. That's right. Okay, there we go. Uh, And now we're going to have you ask me one more question that pops into your head. Why don't I let it go? Uh, that's not the question. Not the question. It's not a yes or no. We oh, can't. I see. Right. Um, can I do it now? No. Okay. Now we get to find out why you can't do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you call it an addiction? I just felt something open up after we did those uh, three little questions, silly, maybe even silly questions. I felt something opening up in your psyche so I can zone in there a little bit more. Yeah. I call it addiction because I'm thinking about it a lot of the time. I feel like I'm missing out on life if I don't have sweets. I feel like I'm being cheated if I don't. Spend money, hope people don't know about it, and I can still work, so it must be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's what folks who are addicts say about whatever they have. Right. Well, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a way of life. Mm. It sounds like I'm not kidding you there, Amy. Yes, I see that. You know, because just look at the way you described it. I think about it. It's like it's an organizing principle for your life. Yes. So I'm beginning to get the idea that maybe this is not only about the physiological addiction to sugar and the emotional and psychological addiction to sugar, but that if you didn't have it, there is an emptiness in your life of what would you do with your time? Well, what would your brain be thinking about? We are going to go to commercial yes. break. But don't go away because oh. I think uh, we have some more interesting ideas in store for you. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org.
invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. I just got a great tip from my co-host, James Maynard, that when we're going to commercial break, instead of saying don't hang up, I should say stay tuned. So I'm going to try to remember that. But if I can't remember that, what are people going to do? Remind me. Okay. Sometimes we can't do something without help, right? Okay. So right now we are talking to Amy from San Diego, who is also talking about something that a lot of us can identify, which is uh, eating sugar and what appears like she can't stop so we were just discussing the fact that it's not just sugar it is a way of life because she's got so much of her life and her mental energy tied up around sugar so amy did you have any other thoughts uh while we were on commercial break uh well when you said something about what else might i be thinking about or doing um i can definitely feel like i feel like a piece of my life would be gone that i depend on Mm mm-hmm um, yes, now I'd be, um, yeah, I pay more attention to being lonely and not doing anything about exactly. it. Exactly. Amy, you're a genius. <laughs> Thanks. I'm serious. That's exactly. Well, of course, I think you're a genius because that's what came to me. And if you said the same thing that I was thinking, obviously, you must be right. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. That is exactly what came to me. I could feel that if you stop thinking about sugar and eating sugar and planning your life around sugar, you would feel your loneliness. Now, that's really the question is, can you bear to feel that? And how? what are you going to be able to do in order to support yourself to be able to deal with those feelings of loneliness better? So um, mm. let's just take a quick trip with you on these questions. Uh, let me ask you, uh, you know, you just said something very interesting. You're spending more time, it sounds like, focusing on sugar than you are focusing on what you can do about your loneliness. Oh, right, because it ke- helps keep me from having to focus on it. Right. And, about it. Right, right. So the first thing that we know is you could, in fact, if you stopped eating sugar, you could start focusing on doing something about your loneliness. And I don't know, I mean, I have compassion for you, Amy, because I lived a lot of years of being very lonely. Some of our, our listeners know that I have chronic illness. I've been housebound. I mean, it's pretty darn lonely when you're alone in your house and you've got nobody to talk to. I had no partner. I had no James. Loneliness is painful. I will not deny that. Uh, but I couldn't even get out, you know, I had a right. I can do that. You can, you can go out, and you can start looking at what you're afraid of facing. Whether it's trying dating again. I mean, I James and I found each other online. You know, making some 
positive efforts, then you might start eating out of anxiety. But that would be better <laughs> than what you're doing now, because I could just feel that. Oh my for god! For that reason too, it's just it's a celebrate to bring my mood up, to bring it down. If I I'm anxious, totally I use it for everything. I totally understand that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I uh, we have a couple more callers. Right. Actually. No, I there's there's, I there's, something, the, there's something I'd like to interject here too. Yes. And that is from my work with people with addictions in my hypnotherapy capacity. If you can find a positive alternative. Now, for example, for Beth and myself, we use stevia, which is just, tastes just as sweet as sugar, but it doesn't have the negative effects of stripping your body of essential elements. And so if you could switch over to that, I mean, we, were, we, were, we are able to have all kinds of alternatives that taste great. Because oh, you know, I'm so not glad you said plan. that. James, I had the same thought, and Mm -hmm. we've been eating ice cream made with coconut milk and stevia, and I I mean, I haven't eaten sweet things really for like over 30 years when I had to go off sugar, and it's so nice to be able to do that, so you could also be putting some energy and attention into focusing on finding making really nurturing good things for yourself. And uh, very quickly, because like I said, we have about three callers on hold Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, I would like to share uh, that if you take some time to create things for yourself that are healthy for you, that are on, you mentioned something about being on a food plan, Mm -hmm. and um, really... uh, Go on the internet. There's a million recipes for foods, yummy things that are made with stevia or that are made with coconut milk. And we're also non-dairy. So, um, and if you put that time and attention into it, you will feel so much more loved by yourself mm-hmm. because you will be nurturing yourself that that will help take some of the edge off the loneliness because you're going to be much more of your own friend. So right. this is such a huge topic, and I'd love to pick up on this another day about yeah, food and food right. addiction. But thank you so much for your call. Thank you so much, Beth. I really love it. Oh, great. Hi there. And our next caller is Erica from Escondido. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, the one I would love some support tackling, and, and I, I think I've tried to work on this, but I have always thought I could hide, whether it's hide my feelings, hide my um, behaviors, hide my attitudes, and just by shutting down, shutting them down to myself. Mm. And, you know, over time that it has proven... <laughs> It just really doesn't work. People just either feel like something's off or they feel shut out Mm. or they feel like I'm just not trusting them enough to be honest with them. But when it's such a lifelong habit, it's... um, it's What is the the can or can't that you're raising here to bring it back to our thing? I think I can hide and I can't. Okay. So you're acknowledging that you really can't hide and that everybody is feeling it. And so um, do you have a question? I think it's wonderful that you're acknowledging that and you're acknowledging it to yourself and publicly. You know, maybe that's all you need from this experience is to say it out loud. I really can't hide. I've only been pretending that I can. You're certainly not going to ask me to help you to hide. 
So, because I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> so, no, you, I think it's a statement. That it, it's helping me just to say it publicly. You know, I don't okay. think I'm alone in this either, like Helen or Amy, but um, yes. it's a big one. And I, I think I recognize it in other people, too, where they just clam up. So, you know, this is such a great example of something that we can't do and that it's a good thing. <laughs> you, you know, that, that is really a profound point that people, okay, guys, when you take a look at your list of what you can and cannot do, take a look and see if some of the things that you say, oh, God, I can't do that, I really wish I could. Well, are they really for your benefit? Do they help anybody else? It's like, okay, I can't drink like I used to. I, I mean, I've heard people say like that, say things like that. Well, thank God you can't drink like you used to. You're killing yourself, dude. You know, oh, I can't be as impressive as I used to be. I can't fool people about how smart I am or, you know, how confident I am. Well, was that ever a good thing? So I love that. So as you're looking through your list, audience, Take a look at the things that you feel like you can't do and ask yourself, are they really of any value whatsoever to you or anybody else in the planet? So thanks for your call, Erica. You opened up a quote can of worms. Thank you. And I, could I just add one thing? Sure. I think it's, it's to, when I'm reaching back and realizing this probably had origins a long time ago before I really had any any uh, strength in my voice and, and in myself that I can just have compassion for the person who didn't. Who, who didn't what? Who didn't have compassion who or... Who couldn't speak up and therefore... Who couldn't speak up. Well, the, well, okay, so now maybe what I should ask you just before we get off is you could say, when you say I have to hide, that means you can't speak up. But is that true? Is it true today? No. Today, No. Yeah. So there's another great point that you're making, which is just because I couldn't speak up yesterday doesn't mean that I can't speak up today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not define us ourselves by yesterday's pathology. <laughs> Agreed. Thank you, Beth. You're very welcome. Okay. And just before we go on to our next caller, I would like to announce that we have two fantastic events coming up. And if you go to BethGreen.org, www.BethGreen, that's G-R-E-E-N.org, you will find out all about them. We have a women's retreat coming up where people, women, are going to help heal each other. And if you say, I can't do that because I don't have any healing capacity, this workshop, We're calling it a retreat, but it's really a one-day workshop. You can do it online. So don't tell me you can't do it because wherever you are in the world, you can do it. You can do it online via video conferencing. I'm leading this. And if you say, but I don't have any healing capacities, that's not true. This group and the women are going to get together with you before the workshop and they're going to help you to even identify what your healing gift is even if it's just your ability to give a fabulous hug so please that's going to be early september right september 5th or something like that i should be shot for not september knowing. 6th 
September 6th is the women's retreat? Yeah, Saturday, September 6th. Excellent. Yeah. Saturday, September 6th. Obviously, James is planning on doing something that day. That's why he's got that number in his mind. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's going to go play golf, but I'm not going to tell anybody uh, <laughs> that he's playing hooky on us. Okay, so that's a wonderful. And get all the information about that. And the other retreat that you also can do wherever you are uh, that I'm leading is going to be the following weekend in September. And this is going to be the whole weekend. It's 13th and 14th. And you can come to Oregon and do it live with us. Or you can do it via video. And it's going to be about creativity beyond ego. And can you do that? Do you have creativity? Absolutely. The only thing that's blocking us is our ego. And that makes us anxious. And that makes us competitive and all of that stuff. And we are going to show and prove to ourselves and each other that we can all come together and support our own creativity and each other's creativity. And the Saturday is going to be all, you're going to be busily uh, working on your creative project with groups, by yourself, whatever. And on Sunday, uh, we're going to be presenting these to each other and everybody is going to support everybody because I know the people who've already registered are the most fabulous people. Many of them are people that you have already heard on Inside Out, our, our online community of people who are ready to expose themselves and be real. Are going to, so many of them are going to be with us also at this retreat and, and also at the women's retreat. So go to BethGreen.org. Look at Creativity Beyond Ego. See if you can. Ask yourself why, if you think you can't. Look at both of those retreats. And there you go. And right now we are going to go to Elizabeth from Fallbrook. Hi. Hello. Um, um, I've been pondering which one to bring up. <laughs> just trying, <laughs> trying to show which one is the it, because there's just so many. Yes. Um, I'm wondering if the one that's it is, can I, will I ever, can I give up being hard on myself? I feel like I can't stop being hard on myself. That's another great one. Hey, guys out there in the audience, does anyone else identify with that? Do you think that you're hard on yourself or too hard on yourself? Okay, so let me get back into being Swami Bethananda here. Mm, uh, Ask me if that's the right one. Is that the right one? Yes. Um, If you were not, okay, here's the question I'm going to ask you. If you were not hard on yourself, what do you think you would be? What or where? What? What do I think I would be? Yes. Well, I I would be happy most of the time. Well, that (laughs) 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 That would be terrible, wouldn't it? What do I think I would be? Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not sure if that's like career-wise or relationship-wise or... Well, I'll tell you what's um, coming to me. What's coming to me is that you would be a slug. You would be too easy on yourself. You would be emotionally and oh. mentally lazy. Now, I'm not hmm. saying that this is true. I'm saying that I have a huge suspicion that that is what you're afraid you would be. I don't think you actually want to be hard on yourself. I think you're forcing yourself. It's like I see a whip. 
like you're whipping yourself into being mean to yourself because you're so afraid that if you don't do that, that you will not be conscious. Yeah, that's the bottom line, that you won't be conscious. Hmm. Where did that come from? Well, yes, indeed. Well, the question that I would ask is not where so much where it comes from, but how can we undo that? How can we change it? How can how we undo can, it? Okay, well, let me, let me tell you I have an idea. My idea is that if, you, if, if we look at ourselves and the way we behave, most of us humans do not do well when we're being beaten. Don't, they, don't we always say that honey works better than whatever it is? Uh, what is that expression? Vinegar. Vinegar. Okay. So, uh, you know, like Amy, she has a sugar addiction, not a vinegar addiction, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> most of us are addicted to sweetness, not addicted to, uh, you know, painfully bitter, horrible things. Okay. All right. So now I'm being kind of light about it, but I'm really being serious. The fact of the matter is that we learn better when there is love coming to us with the message. The child who thrives is the child who, yes, gets called on their stuff. It's not like you let the child run you ragged and and don't discipline it because that is entirely bad parenting. But the child who is beaten becomes resentful, angry, and stubborn or gives in but secretly hates you. But does it never learns the lesson. But when you give that child love and awareness, see, God told me years ago, love and awareness, love and awareness, you need both. And you've got to have the love for the awareness to be accepted, but you've got to have awareness or love can be smothering. So here, here's the deal. If you are giving yourself a message with love, you will take it in. If you don't give it to yourself with love, if you're just beating yourself to death with it, you don't learn. You, there's something in you gets resentful and stubborn and angry and says, yeah, I'll show you. Hmm. So my suggestion to you is that you say to yourself, I will learn these lessons so much better if I treat myself with love and compassion when I'm trying to learn them. And being hard on myself is not compassionate. I have to be towards myself the kind of teacher that I really needed to have and the kind of teacher that I would like to be to others because that's how I'm going to learn and that's how I'm going to get better. So the truth is just the opposite of what you think. It's not that if you're not hard on yourself, that you'll never learn. It's that if you are hard on yourself, you're making learning harder. But if you're kind and compassionate and understanding to, your, to yourself, then your whole being begins to relax and you begin to absorb the lesson so much better. Why don't you try that? Thanks. You're welcome. You know, it's interesting. That's, that's something that I, it's not something new that I've heard, but it just feels like hearing it in this context, in this way, I'm feeling it's going deeper. Yes, I can feel it going into you because you're realizing that you're being hard on yourself is, is something that you're doing because you're so afraid that you will be unconscious like everybody else around you, right? Or everyone around you was. 
but that's not the way to teach. So take it in, and bless you, and uh, good luck with that. Thanks. Okay. Love the show. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thank you so much. Well, we have another caller, but we also have a station break, and I'd like you to stay tuned. Right, James? Right on. Stay tuned. I'm staying tuned. For, stay tuned, because if you haven't heard your story yet, you might hear it next. So, caller... Don't hang up. And uh, we, we may have uh, some time for some other callers, too. So give us a call and stay tuned. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training, and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is Beth at BethGreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Before we go to our next caller, I want to tell you that if you haven't already looked, if you look to the right side of the host page, you're going to see a whole bunch of links that says, oh, the Beth's website or Inside Out Forum or like this on, oh, yes, please like us on Facebook. I bet you can. I bet you can. Well, first of all, you have to like the show. But if you do, please like us. Please tweet about us. Please do whatever you can to spread the word, to build our online community. There's a lot of people who who need these the kind of interventions that we're making here. So do yourself a favor. Do your friends a favor. Pass it on. But also on the right side, you're going to see that there's a link to the Inside Out Forum. And you can participate in the Inside Out Forum because you can do it online in your leisure. So on Thursday mornings, there is a call, and uh, it's at an ungodly time of day. Uh, And then after that, uh, there is a blog written about the call, and people can write onto the blog and just go do that, and you'll see that you can participate. You can participate even if it's after the show. And now I'd like to bring on Irene. Hi, Beth. And, Hi. Uh, I'm so glad you gave the uh, 
the word for the call, because even though it's an ungodly hour, which is 6 o'clock California time, it isn't if you're in another time zone. And it's such a powerful and wonderful experience that I would encourage people to try it out. Yes, I'm so uh, glad you said that, Irene, because you're on that call. By the way, I hear an echo, so make sure that your radio is off. Um, yes, that's wonderful, and you're one of the people who's on that call pretty regularly. Yes, yeah, I love it. I learned Great. so much. Great. Uh, the uh, the reason I'm calling, I've been sick for the last um, three, months. <laughs> three months, it's not something that's going to be chronic. I will get over it. But I'm a lot weaker, and I think that um, what I'm afraid I can't do is ever be have the level of wellness that I had three months ago, you know, that I will have the same kind of sense of debility that, um, that I have now. Mm. Well, and maybe you won't. So what this comes back to, you know, it's like we're going full circle here. We're coming back to how we started the show today when Helen called and she talked about how she can't relax when she doesn't know the outcome. And that was because she always assumed that the outcome was negative and that she could not handle it. Now, I'm not telling you that you are not going to recover because the likelihood is if you have an illness, you will recover. But if you are weak to start with or if you're aging or sometimes if we start to, uh, you know, that our bodies begin to give out. And I'm not saying this is true of you. But if that is the case, sometimes we don't. But the real question isn't, can I ever get back to the old energy? It's, do I have faith in myself that I'll be able to adjust to the new reality? And if you think about yourself, Irene, how many new realities have you adjusted to already in your life? Oh, uh, just... Innumerable, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I have been um, known for my resilience um, coming back from really uh, very lethal cancers and, you know, leaving husbands and raising kids by myself and changing occupations. And I have. But I think that as yes. you were talking. Yes. I think that uh, I have connected my level of energy because when I'm well, I have more energy and I'm more active than other women my age. I think there's been something special about me Mm. that um, I'm afraid I'll lose. And um, so Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of at the bottom of this. I think you're absolutely right. And can you live without that? In fact, going back to what I was asking before about, you know, the things on the, oh yeah, when I was talking to Erica about not being able to hide, is there some value in 
learning how to adapt to not being that special old lady? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, well, it's connected to, I think, to uh, Elizabeth because uh, I don't have to be that hard on myself that I have to, you know, have more than would be expected. Absolutely. So maybe it's time to take a breath and instead of waiting to get well so you can go back to being the way you were, (laughs) maybe you need to take a breath and say, what do I need to change now and what can I change now about my attitude towards myself that allows me to actually be more nurturing to myself and a better partner to myself right now regardless of whether or not I ever get that level of energy back. Maybe I'm supposed to leave more of that energy on the table and not use it all up. Maybe it's time for me to learn how to live in a more quiet way. Maybe it's time for me to look at some of the activities that I'm doing and ask myself, is it really for the highest good of all, including me, to be doing these things? So there's nothing to wait for. I think the action is now, and you can take it, which is to really examine how you spend your energy, not only now, but also in general, and ask yourself, what are you doing because you're driving uh, yourself in order to look like that sparkling little, you know, old lady, (laughs) the (laughs) non-slug. And, you know, is that really the best thing for my body? For the long term and for the long haul, because we hope that you're with us for a long time. Yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. Well, we for some reason, we don't have any other callers at the moment, so I am going to turn my question to James. Maybe you are our last caller. Would you like to call in, James? <laughs> Ring ring, 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 ring. Hello, hello, this is Inside Out. Uh, yeah, I've been wondering about something. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was interesting, this last caller. Uh, I also feel there are certain things I can't do that I used to be able to do. Uh, having turned 70, the big 70, um, and having noticed uh, more cognitive impairment than ever before. Uh, I have a similar issue as her, which is, what do I do now? And one of the things I've discovered is that even if the brain uh, is declining and there isn't anything I can do about that, uh, other aspects of me are compensating. Uh, My left brain isn't what it used to be, but my right brain is getting better all the time. Shall we sing the song? Oh, the old left brain, it ain't what it used to be. Ain't what it used to be. Ain't what it used to be. Okay. Many long years ago. Okay. So there it is. Because we have to tell people to stay tuned despite our singing. Okay. So, (laughs) yes. Yes. So what are you really saying? I can't change. And uh, are you doing everything you can in order to support your brain health? The everything you know to do. Yes. Okay. Uh, the, the, so the I think that's an... And, and I'm doing actively every single day the things that I can do. Working out to bring more oxygen to the brain. Uh, coconut milk, which has been found to help uh, the brain cells to, uh, to not die off as fast otherwise. <laughs> Stuff like that. 
yeah. uh, vitamin B12, other vitamins, et cetera, et cetera. I'm doing all of that and Good. anything else that I learn about. And I think that's an important point to make because when you say, well, I can't do anything about that, of course, what you meant is you may not be able to stop the decline, but you're doing everything you can to support your brain. And you're not giving up on yourself, which a lot of people do. When you come to that moment of I can't, what happens for most people? It's that moment that we shut down. We shut down our energy, our hope, uh, all of our optimism, and we therefore bring the inevitable, the negative inevitable, faster to us. And Mm. then the other thing that you're saying is, and I can still develop the areas that are still accessible to me. And I love that, James. I'm, I'm so glad you brought this up because I think this is the best way that we should be bringing this show to a close. If we're looking at the things that we can and cannot do, we need to examine that list of I can'ts and see what we can do and be satisfied to do those things. Because he said, just because I can't be 25 doesn't mean that I can't be beautiful. Just because I can't run a marathon doesn't mean I can't walk around the living room. You know, what can I do? And I always ask, even it, just because I may be mentally unstable or losing cognition doesn't mean that I can't keep developing myself. And how can I? How can I? How can I? Because to do el- anything else is like a death sentence. It's like you're, you're, you're condemning yourself to no longer growing, developing, and having uh, pleasure in your life. And I would also like to say that if you're beating yourself up for something that you can't do, let's say your brain does kind of lose a couple of gray cells and you can't remember what you ate for breakfast or whatever it is that happens to you and I'm, you know, to, or to anybody, don't beat yourself up for that because all you're doing is creating needless pain when you do that. Instead of beating yourself up for what you can't do, Accept it, love yourself, and go on and figure out what you can. And you had better tell us immediately what we're doing next week because we are running out of time. I can do that. I thought well, you could. Well, what do you want to change in yourself, which is our topic of next week? How about today? Anyone who is self-aware knows that there are changes we need to make in ourselves. Some of us need to become more thoughtful. Some need to take more risks. Some of us need to admit how selfish we are. Some need to act on the compassion we feel. Some of us need to stop playing big, and some need to stop playing small. Some of us sense we need to make changes, but don't know where to start. Some of us have been working hard on changing, but haven't gotten there yet. Wherever you are in your journey, this episode of Inside Out can help. Let's talk about what you need to change and what's holding you back. In fact, let's see how we can help you down that path today. Tune in, call in, and let host Beth Green support you in her amazingly intuitive way. Then click on the link at the right of this page to learn how to participate in our post-show forum via phone or internet. So join the Inside Out community so we can help you and each other to free ourselves from the patterns we know it's time to change. And now, a final word from Beth. I love that segue to this topic because we're talking about what we can do. And like in Amy's example of confronting some pattern that's really hurting her let's do it we can't maybe we can't do it by ourselves 
but we can do it together and with enough support. So come back next week and join us one way or the other, either live, call in, or be part of the phone call, or part of the Inside Out Forum. Let's make the changes we need to make together. Until then, this is Beth Green. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.